everybody back themselves after our guys put a beat down on them earlier this year. In Golden State. DeRozan right to the hole. He ties the game at 98. DeRozan's got 20 to lead the way to the Spurs. Make him make that shot from the outside. DeRozan pulls up from the elbow. Get it! Welcome to Views from the Clutch. I go by the name of Smart Alex. I'm here with my brother from another. C. Graham, what's going on? And we are here to bring you episode 58 of Views from the Clutch. And as always, we appreciate and thank all of our contributors, subscribers, and those who provide us feedback. If you would like to join the movement and provide us feedback, you can do so by leaving a message on any one of the podcasting platforms where we are hosted. You can also reach us directly at viewsfromtheclutch at gmail.com. Tag us on social media at viewsfromtheclutch on Facebook and Instagram. Episode eight. Countdown to the All-Star game. Yes, sir. What we got on the docket, bro? What you want to talk about? Since you keep shooting down on my topics. I didn't shoot down any of your topics. What are you talking about? Matumbo and everything I want to talk about, y'all. Nah. He's trying to put a mute button on the guard, y'all. Yo, y'all got to gotta get in the comments and tell him, free, free smart Alex, man. Come on, man. You can't be lying. <laughs> what are you lying for, yo? At least tell people the truth, man. At least if it's going to lie, make it sound good at least. Oh, it sounds lovely because it's, it's almost semi-true. Not even. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate you for trying to keep us on the um, politically correct angle of things when it comes to our reflections and views on basketball. I just like fucking with you, though. I'm just saying. But now, seriously, I'm just, what we going to talk about, to, I'm just trying to make sure we get some surprise, some guests. You know what I'm saying? You can't clown all the get, the potential guests. <laughs> Kevin Durant and Jimmy Butler is never coming on our show, bro. You can just... Not you can saying, just, hey, I didn't you can say just hey. table that. We're not getting I'm just, Kyrie. I'm just saying, you never know. Other people might not want to get, might get not, on just we, because of them. We might not get in beat. You know what? I mean, at the end of the day, this is about us. So if we can't get them guests, I'm still going to be willing to chug along. So, you know, what they say, one, what's the name, don't stop the show? I guess. If y'all, it, I think I think, <laughs> I think the... I think the I think the real ones out there, the, the the live athletes, if they ever you know get the opportunity to listen and tune in, they'll they'll, they'll oh. you, you you can't deny the authenticity. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna so. we're gonna get people to tune in. It's just a matter of time. That's all that is. Yeah, I mean, and the people are tuning in. Exactly. Like I get a lot of feedback from like you know my close ones, and they be mad when when I when we be going on those little hiatus. They be mad like yo, it's good. Yeah. Man, I want to hear. I want to hear y'all talk about this, man. Exactly. I'm tired of hearing sports center say something, man. Y'all say something. Mm-hmm. But y'all give me that. Y'all give me that perspective. I need to hear the way I like to hear it. So I, I appreciate that already. But um, Absolutely. yeah, man. We'll, we'll be we'll be gonna chop it up. Yeah, we tonight, we man. could go through a quick run, run through real quick of um. Some of the uh, games that's on that's playing right now. I'm watching this I'm, um, game. Memphis, Memphis is uh, Memphis is hot, man. I don't know, man. Yo, we really. I would say the hottest teams in the league are uh, Toronto and Memphis right now. 
Yeah, but Memphis is also exciting to watch. They got a bright future. They... Yeah, but I... yo, it's not like I didn't say these. You didn't say just... nothing about Memphis. We vote nobody. I said that I like what had Memphis had as far as the collection of talent. I just didn't think it was gonna. Listen, they are way beyond projection. Okay, all right, way all right, beyond. All right. projection. Yeah, yeah. But, okay, let's clean that up. The only, and the only I mean, you were right, you were right about Nick Nurse. You were right about Nick Nurse in Toronto, but I'm and not the giving you Memphis. The only thing I wasn't sold about was the fact that they got a coach who sounded like he was in a Tyler Perry movie. That's, that's it. That's why we both thought. Remember, we had to check him out. We thought he. You thought he might have been black. We had to check I thought him. he was a creative player yeah. on um on 2K. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he, he, do, he got a default screensaver name, Taylor Jenkins. Come on, yeah, son. that definitely Like if somebody like told you I'm about to go get that new Taylor Jenkins album, you wouldn't even second guess it. You wouldn't be like, yo, you need Taylor Swift? Nah, Taylor Jenkins. Yeah, it definitely sounds like an R&B album. Yeah, so you know, and coaches do lend to credibility, and obviously he's making his name very credible. Like he's gonna be a hot name. Like oh, this is gonna have to throw him a bag if they don't already have a nice bag, and they're gonna have to renegotiate a contract or something because you know James Dolan might you know. Anyway, yeah, come on, man. Are you throwing shots at the? Yeah, I'm not throwing nah. shots. I'm just saying when James Do- when James Dolan wants somebody, they get a bag. Like he gave he gave Phil what sixty eighty. Yeah. He threw, he threw Phil a crazy bag. Yeah. And you know for him to get Masai, he's probably going to have to give up a share of the franchise. Yeah, but, that, but that's why he ain't got Masai yet. Well, you ain't going to get Masai mid-season in the midst of a championship run. All Masai is doing right now is mm-hmm. laughing. He's like, yo, my, my number's going up. My price is crazy right now. Yeah, I got a team that's got the hottest streak in the NBA. We getting healthy. We literally only six and a half games back of a team that everybody thinks is going to just run away with the East. Yeah, yeah, no, that's all good. He, he he's in a whole new bag. Like what he's doing now is almost, if not more impressive than last season to me. Because they're on projected to win more games now, too. So if they come out winning more games, this is definitely a more impressive job from the front office and coaching than Kawhi. And almost gonna look like Kawhi holding them back if they win a ring this year. But I ain't gonna put, I'm not gonna put Toronto yeah. in the finals just yet. No, they no. are they are finals projected based off of their offensive and defensive rating. They're, they're projected to be a finals uh, a finals contender. But well, what were you going to talk about though? You were talking about Memphis. Memphis just being hot. They're right currently. They're they're beating. They're they're winning against um Portland. They're uh they're playing in Memphis. It's um sixty one to fifty two in the second quarter. Uh, John Morant's already got. I think he's got seven seven assists already in the first half. Uh, is the is has the ship sailed on Portland for you? Um, uh shoot, I don't know. I mean, it's still, they're only what two barring what? injury. Current state of the way the teams are playing. Do you believe that Portland can catch Memphis? Uh, hold on, let me look at the standings. Let me I think they're a good three, three and a half. No, no, back. they're a solid three. They're solid okay. three. Uh, but the thing about it is, if they win tonight, there'll be two. You know what I mean? So, so that is something to, um, to keep in the pocket because this this is why this game counts. I mean, again, the only bad thing about it, Melos Melos is off. He's shooting. He's shooting one for ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, but you got Dame and CJ. I mean, they're doing their, you know, they're doing their best. Their best, you know. And Trevor Reza has been pretty good since he's been over there. Yeah, yeah, he's a. 
Those three players. Oh, excuse me. And, and Hassan Whiteside is averaging a double-double for them. So I don't want to make it seem like – but the problem with Hassan is that you can't get too high on him because mm-hmm. his greatest years always come in contract years. And what is he in right now? Yeah, contract but, but he definitely uh, he definitely need to put up bigger numbers if he want a bigger contract. Well, he's uh, not going to get a bigger contract than the one he's coming out of. He's yeah, getting of $25 mil a year right now. We yeah, told yeah, you that yeah. era of overpaid big men. Houston That's... just officially – close the door on that. So you're going to see Andre Drummond activate his $28 million option because honestly, I don't think there's an extension you can throw Andre where you can absorb that loss and it makes sense. You might as well take your $28 million. You're still only going to be like 27, 28 years old. Mm-hmm. And then get your four or five year bag for 50 to $60 million because that's what the market for a big man is going to be, a top tier big man, once you're done with that contract. So... You might as well just cash out and take that $28 million option. Besides, it's in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this is a wrap. Ask him what the Cleveland program is when you overpaid. You play 28 minutes a night. You go out there and verify that you're healthy. And, and, and that's really about it. Now, mind you, I do think Cleveland is going to start to be on the upswing because it looks like, you know, John Bayline and the, the guards they've bought in, and they're gonna mature. So anyway, yeah. No, oh, wait, got? wait a minute, wait a minute. Speaking of Cleveland, first of all, remember the last episode you saw my Andre Drummond's not gonna play, or they, they might sit him down. Well, first of all, you listen, you he man, played and had a now, had a he, double double. He's playing now. They they're beating on Atlanta right now, one hundred four to ninety in the fourth quarter. And Andre Drummond's got 15 rebounds, 14 points. But, yeah, man, uh, Tristan Thompson, two for two from the three-point line, had back-to-back threes, is on fire. He got 23 points and 10 rebounds already. He got more three-pointers than Ben Simmons in one game. Already. It's crazy. And Tristan Thompson ain't known for shooting anything but and he's been taking more threes this year. Like, if you pull up his season stats, I'm, I know he's advanced double digits as far as three-point attempts because he got a coach that say, yo, you, man, listen, everybody's space on the floor. Take a couple, man. If you make them, you make them. Plus, and, 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 and he's in a contract year, too. Well, not even that, man. These cats have got to be like, yo, they don't want to go away like the dinosaurs and become extinct. So they got to start expanding and doing something else because – Nobody's gonna take them. You know what I mean? You gotta think about it. it's gonna be so so many people. It's gonna be a teams. crowded market for, for it's gonna be it's gonna be a market crowded with players with only so many available slots. Like if we if we do a, a NBA roster is 15 guys. So your bang up bruiser interior guy, that used to be three players per roster. Give or take, right? Yeah. One of them is a starter. You might even have two starters that are bang up frontline guys. Now, at the most, teams are carrying one. And yeah. that's what they're going to be looking to do. Everybody else is going to mm-hmm. be a 3 and D, or you're going to be a ball handler, driver, scorer. Like, well, because what's crazy, because you think about it, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of people sitting on that, like, they're not going to get any, any playing time. I mean, sitting on the sideline next season, they're all going to be seven feet or taller. I mean, a lot of cats. Yeah. I mean, about, I mean, I mean it, they've it, already found a way to phase the manimal out. That's what I'm saying. Which I feel is tragic because 
I'm pretty sure. I don't know where he's at playing right now, if he's even on a roster. No, nah, he's not in the NBA. I don't know where he's playing. If he's playing basketball this year, I don't know if he's playing. Hey, I, think he, I think they said he's down at a UPS or something. Did you say UPS? <laughs> and y'all, y'all talk, he talks about me, y'all. I'm just, just saying. You just said my man Kenneth Farid is he's on the UPS CYO team. Yo, sad, man. Dropping double doubles. It's sad because he wasn't like, I never heard anything negative about him in the locker rooms. Never. Never heard never. anything. And he was, I don't understand how a guy with that type of athletic ability, that type of energy, can't even find like a roster. You couldn't be on a roster at, at the end of a bench. You know, I just can't understand that. Yo, Bradley Bill is nice. They go to show this. They go to show the replay of Bradley Bill just crossing up, hitting the Knicks with every every move to to easily get to the basket. This is crazy. He hit them with like two, three double crosses. Hit the reverse and one. Bradley Bill dumb nice. They said Bradley Bill's gonna have the uh, highest scoring average in NBA history, not to make the All Star team. Yeah, that stat came out weeks ago when he didn't make the list. Yeah, that's crazy. But I mean, but ever since then, he's been averaging like, I think they said like 32 points a game. Listen, there's no denying that Bradley Bill, even even more so above who I wanted to go exactly who he is an all-star caliber player. But you were the voice of reason when we were doing the speculation about how losing team guys, if they don't get fan votes... Mm-hmm. Bradley Bill is playing in a market that's underserved in him. So, you know, yeah, honestly, I put, that, I, put that, I put that onus on your community. Because how many millions of people live in the D.C. area that didn't vote him in? That's crazy. I don't even know. And, and, and that's the point. Like, people in that area are no longer... They're not voting. Bought in. Yeah, they're not bought in. On, isn't that crazy? Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, and y'all don't vote. Got nothing to vote for. Well, I'm saying <laughs> you got an all star to vote for, and I mean, mind you, you can do that on the internet. It's not even like they got to go to Foot Locker. Exactly, like we used to have to. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I totally agree. I don't get it, man. This cat is, and, is is putting that work in, man, and and he still believes that there's a chance that they can somehow work their way into the playoffs, and that's what Dad, he's. Yeah, you got it. Daddy's podcasting right now, and I'll call you back. Please continue. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's what the problem is. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a situation. I mean, I think with the, with his situation, I think he wanted to stay where he was at because he likes the environment. Family likes that environment. I don't necessarily think if he was a single person, I don't think he would have stayed in D.C. You know, but if you got family, you know, the community likes you, you, you get, you know, you get, you come to grips with that. Sometimes Hold that's on a big a second, factor. Please. All right. Hold on. Hello? Oh, here's Ion. Your mom wasn't done talking to you. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. So now that's the thing. With, with when it comes to the DC area and it comes to certain players, certain players like to stay where they at. Man, you get drafted to a certain place, you stay, you're mm-hmm. from a certain area, 
you want to mm-hmm. fall in love with the community, yep. you fall in love with where you live. And if you start home. developing your family, that becomes your home. And the city's always been welcoming Bradley Bill with open arms. Bradley Bill can't do nothing wrong in D.C. You know, so when you get a situation like that, you and you know, not only that, the bag is crazier by staying where you at. It's like, you know what? I think some players look at it like, okay, I'm going to try to be stubborn enough and try to see if I can win. But in the meantime, I'm going to enjoy this area outside the game. So when I, once I'm clocked out from work, I got my family to take care of. They love this area. They're doing what they can. And like I said, that extra money don't hurt. I mean, it's sad because he's not going to win. He's not going to win a championship. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where that's, that's the nature of the beast. Damn, you putting the, you putting, you putting the finality to that? They, they're not going to win a championship ever in Washington? I'm just saying. It, I'm just, I would like to see them do it. Since I'm, I'm, they probably I'm get one for the Knicks. Yeah, listen, the way the front off, even front office is going, I don't see that. Not for nothing. Yeah, you got to figure. I think the um, the Knicks are what seventeen and thirty-seven, and the the Wizards uh, are what twenty. They're nineteen. They're nineteen and um nineteen and thirty-three. Who who is the Wizards? Wizards are nineteen and twenty-three. Yo, Bradley Brill smoking crack, talking about making the playoff. Well, that record. Yo, I mean, Bradley, relax. Well, they're only three. They're relax. only three games out. On the AC of who? Orlando. Oh, yeah. No, okay. Yeah, well, the way Orlando's playing, they borderline. That's what I'm saying. Oh, what's going on with them? Um, That's what I mean. So you can't. Can you fault them for trying? No. I'm, no, I definitely can't. I definitely can't. I mean, I definitely can't. And if he was to get them into the playoffs, like he, he automatically goes into like MVP yeah. candidate. Yeah, of course. What's up, Zion? Absolutely. But they're getting crushed. My mom says she would try. She would call you later. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's the thing. You got to figure out, you know, what makes the most sense. I mean, but again, you know, moving on to the next couple of teams, uh, who else is on? You got actually Brooklyn that's beating on Toronto right now. Uh, 70 to 50, 57, and that might snap. If Brooklyn could hold on to win, then that snaps to How many minutes in the third quarter? I mean, it's two minutes in the third quarter, so it's still a lot of time. But they've been – um. Okay. But Brooklyn's been winning the entire game. So that's not a – um. that's not bad. Sounds like a typical Toronto game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Toronto's they've close been, enough. On that 15-game streak, they've had, like a, I think, like six come-from-behind wins. Mm-hmm. So – Toronto is a team that, like, I mean, at this point, they they almost have, like, a San Antonio mystique vibe to them. Like, you can't ever count them out of anything. So, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure as we accelerate towards the end of the podcast, we'll have a closer idea on who's about to win that game. But since you brought up Brooklyn, yeah, um, our, our boy Kyrie Irving is under fire again, courtesy of ESPN reporter and former basketball player, Kendrick Perkins, who what, what was he said? He said, "Oh, he's, well, he said, I'll, go, I'll tell you." Say exactly. get nauseous. He said, uh, "Hold on a second, I'm tell you once." I should have just chimed up. I mean, Kendrick Perkins is just—you know—he's trying his best to go after Katie's friends, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> like he said, I, um, I, like, "I like, I like how you, I like how you, you recalculated that agenda. That makes a lot more sense. That's sexy." Yeah, he said, Kend- uh, Kendrick. It said Kendrick Perkins was uh, he was on ESP, I mean a- NBC Sports Boston, and they were talking about Kyrie Irving. He said, uh, "This is Kendrick Perkins talking now." 
Kyrie Irving didn't want to play for this franchise, the Celtics. Every time I think of that guy, I want to throw up. And basically, you know, that's what that's what the caption was on over the internet. Now I'm sure he might have said more to it than that, but that was the hot take that you know they're gonna post and they're gonna get views on that. So, I mean, it is what it is, man. I, Kendrick Parkins, he's got his opinion, and he was a former Celtic who helped win a championship in Boston, the most recent Much beloved there, tore his ACL yeah. the year after, which probably prevented them from beating the Lakers again. Yep. Because his absence in Game 7 was, was certainly noticeable. Even when he went down, which I think was in Game 6, mm-hmm. that kind of like swung the tide. So I definitely don't take anything away from the value that he had to those Celtic teams. And I don't, you know, I'm not going to do what KD did. Oh, that that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring that dude up. But um, <laughs> I'm definitely not going to take away from, you know, his minuscule statistical contributions because nah, some people he meant a lot to those roles. teams. And that's the thing. Sir. The thing about the thing about basketball and sports, there's certain guys that have certain roles and there's certain guys that's paid up for those roles. Now, yes, would you like to see them do a little bit more in their role? Yeah, as a fan, you would, but the team might only want that. Go set some picks and, and some rebounds. let's be clear, Kendrick Perkins didn't start getting overpaid until he went to Oklahoma City. Yeah. Sam Presti gave him that bag. That wasn't that a, wasn't a, Danny, that wasn't Ainge a bag. Danny Ainge bag. Like they, you know what I'm saying? So he did have a decent contract when he got to Oklahoma City, but they felt when they traded for him that he was that missing piece because I think he was what got Jeff Green. Yeah, out of um, Oklahoma yep, City, absolutely, and um, and you know it's like, oh well, this is our last piece. This is the guy that's going to get us over the hump. We've got our starting, we've got our starting four, and now we've got our solidified five, and it'll be Kendrick Perkins. And this is Kendrick Perkins coming back off of a torn ACL, and he was never the same. He never, first off, he was never one who got off the floor very high in the first place. But he came back off that ACL, and he was very much more ground bound. So. I was never really surprised that he was never able to get back to even the level of excellent defense, help defense that he was with Boston when he played for Oklahoma City. But I was surprised when he got that bag. And, you know, those those are a few of the decisions that, like, you know, I'm pretty sure Sam Presti don't sleep at night thinking about. But um, I kind of joked about not wanting to mention his name, but I'm definitely going to mention his name. So before we jump into who else is playing, let's talk about your man, your man Kevin Durant. What did he say? So earlier this week, when interviewed for the three billionth time about why he left Oklahoma City on a podcast, he decides to mention that he got tired of being the only guy who could make three-point shots at Oklahoma City. So I think this is like the 75,000th new reason why he he no longer wanted to be a part of Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm -hmm. And then in a recent interview with ESPN, he made it clear that he's not going to stop having burner accounts. That no, no, he also burner- said that on uh, All the Smoke podcast. He said that same thing. Oh. He's not because because that's what they asked him about it. He said, and you know the host they were laughing at him because it was kind of like really like you still gonna do that? But I mean you know yeah he said he's still gonna have the burner accounts. I'm still yeah I'm still gonna do the he said um I'm still gonna do the burner thing. That's some bleep where you uh just got to be like. These folks are always going to figure a way out, uh, figure out a way. Certain people, I'm going to come back on my regular account. But if I'm just trying to do my thing, dip in, I got the burners. And I'm like, 
Ah, uh, you don't need to do all of that, dog. Shout out to my man Bill Collector. I got the burner. You know I got the burner. You gotta know battle rap to know that reference, but yeah. So he got the burner. He got plenty of burners. Crazy. So watch out, watch out for KD. I just hope he's creative with the screen names he comes up with this time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, don't have something that can like easily be traced back to you. Don't make it easy for the internet detectives because they're going to fry you, bro. That's all I'm saying. If you want to go out there and be, listen, the internet is a very sexy, alluring, fun place to be, especially when there's no consequence to your identity. You can go out there and literally say whatever you want, get a person mad enough to want to go shoot a whole school up and be in your crib laughing about it. I get the allure. So I'm not mad at him for admitting that, yo, being a part of social media and being able to get back at people when they talk crazy to you is something that's fun to do. I do it. If you ever see me in the Facebook group versus how I am on my page, my energy different because I know that that's a more restricted environment. Mm -hmm. But I'm also still me. The difference is KD, because of his, his value, his brand, he can't do those things. So if a burner account allows him to get some of his, you know, get his, some of his shots fired off, go ahead, man. Just don't be dumb enough to get caught because I'll smoke you. I'll smoke you for getting caught. <laughs> I'll smoke you. I don't think he cares about Very that. bad. I'm, I know he does. That's what's crazy. But our fans will enjoy him getting smoked. And if we go viral off of him getting smoked, then I bet you one of his burner accounts reply to an Instagram post of it. So we, <laughs> then we, got we all him know we want that. Him, huh? Yeah, we got him where we want him. We know Kevin Durant, when it comes to the internet, he'd be at home with the mood lights low, playing Carl Thomas emotionally. Yeah, he wilding. That boy Shooting wilding. a thousand baskets while he got his leg propped up. Yo, listen, KD, come back stronger. Come back strong. Come back elite. We do definitely want to see, you know, KD be the KD that we've always come to know and respect as a basketball player. Your basketball talent is immense. I will never take anything away from you when you step on that hardwood. You are definitely one of the one of the top five or ten players that I enjoy watching play the game of basketball. I will never take anything away from your talent. Now, you outside the lines, which obviously is not something that really needs to be judged on a basketball podcast. There's some things you got to continue to grow in. But, you know, this is a new era, new athlete, new dawn of social media, and everybody's kind of learning on the fly. So at the same time, man, just continue to grow. We all do. We all grow and evolve as men, and I'm pretty sure you will too. And maybe we'll all be able to look back on this and laugh. But for the time being, don't get caught. Because not only will I smoke you, but everybody else trying to get views on their podcast is going to smoke you too. Back to what's currently going on in the NBA. What, what was the next game that you was going to bring to bring to our attention to discuss? Uh, this actually this this Detroit Detroit um, Detroit and Orlando game just went into overtime. Uh, battle of the teams just you know ain't doing much. Well, Orlando's the AC. Yeah, Orlando's the AC. Um, Derrick Rose ain't shooting good at all. He won for twelve. Um, I think Derrick Rose was the player most affected by what Detroit is doing. Because, I mean, obviously he knew that they weren't really winning much, but at least he knew he had frontline players to be playing with. Mm-hmm. I don't think Derrick Rose has ever been in a totally rebuilding situation. Even in Minnesota, like he brought something to the table that made them more competitive. 
So it seemed like they were at least in the hunt. But now, once they bailed on Andre Drummond and got, like, you know, two drumsticks and some soggy fries back and couldn't trade him, he like, man, y'all got me stuck here on a cat-friendly contract? Y'all couldn't do me that favor? Yeah. He... Get me to a team where I got a chance to compete? I'm 30. I'm 30. And I'm 30 coming off of an ACL. So my prime... He's 31. 31. So even worse. You know what I'm yeah. saying? A point guard with his skill set and what he's good at doing, which is getting to the basket. We see Russell Westbrook like maxing it out right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And he's and he's 31 too, I believe. I think they're the same age. So it's like there's only so many more miles left in that body when you're when you're when you're a speed, kinetic energy burst guy. So mm-hmm. I know this is gonna just feel like another season. You know what I mean? Going to going to waste for him, and he don't have that many of them. He spent three seasons getting himself back up together, and and to have your season go go the way it's going, it's tough on him, man. So D Rose, hold your head, stay the course. You you fought long and hard to get yourself back to where you at now, and I hope that you'll be able to see it through, and that you know Detroit is able to do right by you, either by allowing you to go to a team in the off season. By moving you, or I don't know, putting together a roster that makes it competitive and and gives you that fire back because this is a guy that we 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 got old watching him go to the Eastern Conference Finals as the youngest MVP in the league, and now we're seeing him get old on a declining team that he really didn't ask to be a part of. You know what I mean? He signed up with the idea that he was joining Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, a young cast, Reggie Jackson, and that. You know, he would be a utility guy that would get his 30-plus minutes, but it would be for a cause of winning. And that's absolutely not what's playing out there mm-hmm. in Detroit. So, Detroit, you know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all do better by D-Rose, man. Um, who else is playing? Uh, you got – let me see. Who else is on the docket? Oh, you got um, Sacramento and Dallas, which uh, mm. they were talking about with that. The owner came yeah. out. For the owner for Sacramento came out and said he's he's highly upset. You know, he need then the guys need to um start winning some games or there's gonna be some serious changes uh coming up in the offseason. Because um there's some serious changes coming up in Sacramento anyway, because Buddy Heald's camp has already leaked that they intend to ask for a trade absolutely because of his demotion to the bench. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was a, that's a part of it. But then also with you know, you you brought along Luke Walton, but he ain't been winning games. And the um, what's his name? Yeah, y- Jaeger, um, Yannick Radaviv. Oh, oh, no, I'm talking oh, about Dave the coach, Yeager. yeah, the, yeah. The coach had yeah, them Yeager. last year playing at a better, better uh, win loss total than winning they are this year, winning percentage. You mm-hmm. know, you got to figure they only finished like four games under 500 last year. This year, they're t- uh, 11 games under, and they and Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Said that he ain't cutting his hair, or sh- he's not cutting his hair or shaving until they get to five hundred or when the season ends. And he looking like a straight roster out there right now, man. So bad man, yeah, he's looking, he's looking, he's looking wild Aborigine out there. Word. I can't even take that. I can't even hold that from you. Um, here's my take on Sacramento. First off, we didn't project them to do anything more than possibly contend for the AFC. Possibly contend for the AFC. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us were sold on the coaching pedigree of Luke Walton. Exactly. Based off of what we saw from his previous year in Los Angeles 
And then that little brief run that he had in Golden State where he was just basically holding the clipboard mm-hmm. while the Hamptons five went out and ran their offense by default and continued to win games, which is what originally put him on the coaching radar. Yeah. Obviously, that fool's goal didn't entice anybody to give Mike Brown a new job. Mm-hmm. So clearly, clearly when the Lakers reached for him, they were reaching for bringing somebody back that was a part of the fold. And obviously, his whole situation with that whole LeBron season and how that played out and his you know, inability to control that locker room, that didn't go well. Yeah, pretty much. And then upon, then upon losing his job with the Lakers, he immediately gets um, picked up by the Sacramento Kings while also having a you know fight off a off the court situation with a female who had pretty much charged him with sexual assault. So Luke, Lucas had it tough these past two years. I'm, I'm gonna give him that he's had it tough. But honestly, after seeing him two years as a head coach, I have no idea what his mythology is. Mm-mm. What his, you know, what his principles are as a coach, what he believes in defensively. It's just, I know you used to play for the Lakers. And your daddy a Hall of That's, Famer. Yeah. And that part is what I think is, is the most disheartening of the whole situation. It's like, you know, coaches build identities. And all the teams right, right now that have problems, it's because their coach's identity isn't really imprinted on that team, it doesn't reflect. Mm-hmm. Nick Nurse has proven that he's the Swiss Army knife of coaching. Toronto is liable to do any and everything to get a win. Yeah. They'll play zone. They'll, they'll match up inc- unconventionally. They'll push the pace because they've now randomly upped their pace. And they just, they just continually evolve. So Nick Nurse is one of those people who, who has kept his his finger on the pulse of basketball as it is today, and he's adjusted with the curve on time, especially since he took over as a coach of Toronto. You can't say that about Luke Walton. We don't know what his system is. We don't know if he's a everybody need to shoot threes, nobody can take mid-range jumpers type of guy. They had a whole totally different offense where Buddy Hill was starting, where he was basically the fulcrum of the offense and everything ran through him because De'Aaron Fox was out. And then De'Aaron Fox comes back, and you run the numbers. And a couple games into De'Aaron Fox being back, you realize, oh, wait, let's look at the plus or minus with this guy on the floor versus this guy on the floor. Well, De'Aaron Fox plays better without Buddy Heald, so we're going to start Bob John, who they have a pending offseason decision to make because he's going to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. He's going to be restricted, now, though. But now, here you are, Mr. Owner, you're going to overstep the reach of your GM by making all these statements about things are going to change when it's already a given. It's already a given that things are going to change in Sacramento one way or another. Mm-hmm. They have to. They're not going to be able to keep all the guys they got. And now you pay Buddy Hill, what was it, four years, $110 million, or four years, 95 uh-huh. something like that? Uh-huh. Yep. So you're basically giving him a blank check to say whatever he wants. So I don't blame Buddy Hill because when there was nobody there at the beginning of the season, he was there. Mm-hmm. And he was giving it his all. And when you see a team essentially make a decision that doesn't seem team-oriented to you, I can't really blame you for being upset about it. Yeah. And he's always been outspoken since since we started podcasting, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. 
you know, he spoke to the fact that other guys were getting paid before he did, and it didn't make sense. Yeah. So he's he's big. He's keeping his consistent energy. Exactly. He's the guy he's going to be. And with that contract now, now he's looking like trade bait. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't think Sacramento moves off Bogdan. I think they sign Bogdan, flip Buddy, and see where they can go from there. Yeah, I think they can get because you can't move Harrison. No, nobody's taking that Harrison Barnes contract. Not nobody. 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 Nobody who wants to win is going to take that Harrison Barnes contract. I could see him winding up on a team like Houston, though. He would fit tremendously well in Houston. And his salary... He can switch up. He can switch up. He's 6'8". He's a a pretty decent spot-up three-point shooter. He's got a little bit of a post-up game. He defends fours. He did that for Team USA. Mm -hmm. So, I, I, I could see him finding his way there, but it looks like Daryl Morey and um, the Houston Rockets' decision to go all-in on small ball is apparently, and this is what I found funny, they're doing that to cater to Russell Westbrook. So the narrative is just evolving as the season progresses. Everybody started at the beginning of the season worried about whether or not these two could coexist. They proved that wrong. Those two guys are fine. Mm Mm-hmm. They don't have any problems. And from a basketball perspective, their winning percentage certainly dictates that they're capable of winning. Mm -hmm. But what they came to understand with having Clint Capella was, okay, we got a big, but we're not elite defensively. We're not elite rebounding. And our offensive efficiency, it it drops dramatically when we have Russell and Capella on the floor because Capella occupies the paint. And since they moved off Capella... Russell Westbrook is having an historical level of efficiency shooting in the paint. The only guy right now who's shooting as well as Russell Westbrook is in the paint is Giannis. Yeah, it's crazy. He's literally removed the idea, the need, the belief, the thought that he has to take a three-point shot. Yeah. Mike D'Antoni's genius is seriously one of the most underrated things in basketball. He's figured out a way to take a player who, if he's left to have to take a jump shot, becomes tragically detrimental to your team and flip that same exact player into his dominant inside force. And we continually beat up this man, Mike D'Antoni, because he hasn't won the big one. Well, he hasn't even gotten to the finals. And again, we as athletes, former athletes, fans, I think we've all started to come to understand and respect how truly hard it is to win in the postseason. Those teams are lucky. Yeah, Golden State did it for five years in a row. Yeah, LeBron went to the finals, what, eight, nine times in a row? Mm -hmm. Those are outliers. Toronto Raptors popped up out of nowhere and won a finals. You got to think about it. It's 28 teams that don't make the finals every year. Every year. You know what I'm saying? So just the, the likelihood of it, people getting into it, those are – but that's why there's why certain players that are able to get to the the um, finals consecutively, that's when you get the um, – uh, that's when you got to get the superstar tab. You know, or certain franchises that always get to the finals – you know, those franchises are well run, well run because. Right. That's how we evaluate organizations mm-hmm. by their, by their ability to produce 
a, a successful winning on court product. Yep. And this is the tragedy of Mike D'Antoni is the fact that, hey, he won in New York. He didn't win a lot. He didn't get anywhere serious with the team. But everywhere he's gone, he's managed to produce a winning season somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. That has to be that has to be noted because it's not again, winning is not easy in the NBA. You know, they they walked uh they walked Fisdale out with no problem. Mm-hmm. Shot him in the back of his head 10 games before they dumped the body. So again, like these guys that can coach and find ways to consistently put their team in a position to win, they have to be commended because they're few and far between. Guys that you know, hey, if that guy's coaching his team, chances are they're going to be competitive. They at least going, you know, they at least going to give you a run for your money. They may not win, but they're going to be right there with you. You're going to have to deal with them. And Mike D'Antoni has consistently found a way to make the Houston Rockets a team that you have to figure out a way to deal with in spite of the craziness that they have going on in their front office. Their owner is literally cutting the budget. He's turning the lights off in the middle of the third quarter. Like, nah. Les Alexander wanted to pay luxury taxes. Not me, though. And this is after you green-lighted getting Russell Westbrook on the roster. While Capella was there. You knew the tax bill was coming. Yeah. So it's an it's a, it's a, it's a unfortunate tragedy of circumstances that brought that about. Clint Capella's foot, he, he suffered plantar fasciitis. They had to sit him. And like, if you know anything about plantar fasciitis, it's a, it's a syndrome, it's a, it's a condition that you literally can't really, you can't medicate it. All you can do is rest it and hope that it, it just goes away or becomes manageable so that you can play. So he does that and that gives them an opportune time right around the NBA trade, trade deadline to evaluate their roster. And again, Daryl Morey pulls off a savvy move. The Rockets are five and two since they've gone full in on small ball with a win over the Lakers under their under their cap. A really close game. They lost a buzzer beater to the Utah Jazz. Did you finally get a chance to see that shot? I did. That was crazy. There's no, if you run that play back thirty eight times out of forty, he don't even catch the ball. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let that alone was... get a shot off. And let alone it goes in. Yeah. He, I didn't even want to get to that because, listen, we all know some make a mislead. The likelihood of him making that shot, we know is low. Period. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he caught it is what really threw me because they ran a double, I don't know what you would call it, like a double weave off where obviously the main option was Donovan Mitchell, but mm-hmm. it was a slash decoy because Donovan Mitchell is making his man trail to, lead, to leave the passing lane open for that brief window for, for Bogdanovich to catch the ball, but James Harden jumped the play mm-hmm. and was like maybe a half second too late from stopping that catch. And then he was in contest range. He, Bogdanovich shot that shot with like a man physically touching him, and it was all net. So with that being said, it's like the Rockets might be on to something, and it's going to be a headache for the teams that have to deal with that in the playoffs. Because I'm watching how these coaches are trying to adjust, and their adjustments don't make sense. Yeah. You got one team that says, oh, all right, well, we're just going to throw it into the post. You don't have, those, you don't have that personnel that can get effectively get you back. Um, yeah, time they had, they had Rudy Gobert. 
and make good, good decisions. They had Rudy Gobert out there all of a sudden trying to be uh Yo, he looked like he was playing a different sport. Man, they had Rudy Gobert out there looking like... No, but he was trying to be Carl Malone looking like Post Malone. Exactly. Like, it was really bad. Like, Rudy, if 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 Utah don't do well this year, they gonna flip you too, bro. And and, and that's again uh, another referendum on the direction that the league is going into as a whole. Like these whole clog the paint, super duper double double. I block all the shots, but I can't do much else. Big man, yeah, they about to become the eleventh man on the bench. That's what I'm saying. The one dimensional player is. is... It's going to positionless basketball. It's going to basically what we play in the park. Like, yo, everybody, just get, get your five on and let's go. Because, yeah, and wherever your guys want to go on the court, we just going to adjust and try to get them mm-hmm. to win. And, and I'm not really mad at that, but I do kind of worry because at the end of the day, when you have – everything goes in cycles. So right now we're phasing out the big man. Until the next kid built like Shaquille O'Neal comes mm-hmm. along, and there's nobody, nobody who's prepared to deal with a, 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 a athlete built that way. At least when Shaquille O'Neal walked into the league, he had to cross paths with Patrick, cross paths with Hakeem, cross paths with David Robinson, Tim mm-hmm. Duncan. If we continue at the pace we're going along, and the next Shaquille O'Neal, like a truly dominant seven foot plus, put me anywhere near the basket. Nobody could stop me. And he might have like a little bit of a jump shot, even if he don't have it. There's certain, there's certain guys who are just that good. The game has to adjust to them, which is what LeBron has brought to the table. Because it's not a secret. The guy's been playing for so long. But LeBron really does all of his scoring inside of the paint. Yeah. So he's a small forward by, by name, but a power forward by where he scored in his career. If he's, if he's at the 30,000 level, when he gets to 30,000, 29,000, I don't want to say that. because he's, nah, he's already, already 30,000. Remember, he passed Kobe. Okay, so, so at 30,000, I wouldn't be surprised if over 65%, if not 70, of his points are from the paint. Uh, and then the rest is threes and free throws. Obviously, we won't. Or the mid range, he still got a couple. He's definitely hit some some mid range shots that weren't. Yeah, he's hit a few mid range shots in his career. I'm not going to take that away. He's hit a lot of mid range shots mm-hmm. in his career. The guy played like 19 years, seventeen mm-hmm. years, whatever. But so much of his scoring is reliant upon him being able to get into the paint and get to either side and, and finish strong or, you know, dunk it back mm-hmm. when he was in his prime athleticism days. That, like, he, he really, you know, he, his game forces teams to adjust. And that's the point I was trying to make. A big is going to come along who's going to be so dominant on the interior level but with the way that basketball is trending, they're going to be so little other players prepared to deal with him that this may take 10 years, 15 years, five years, three years, whatever the case may be. But when that kid arrives, he's going to blitz through the league. Because, again, I don't even know if it's being taught. Like, I've been watching college basketball this year, 
And there's only like five or six universities that like seem like they still teaching people how to do drop steps. Yeah, no, you're not gonna get that. North Carolina, North Carolina has two bigs, and even though and they're in the midst of a bad season, like they're not even winning that well. No. But they have they have two bigs that play traditional big basketball. They run high lows and all that. When's the last time you saw a high low play in the NBA? Nah, heck no. But you're not going a big pass into a big. You're not gonna get that. You would think a team, yeah, you would think a team like Indiana would put that in place because they have so, you know Miles Turner and Sabonis. Yeah. They don't even do that. They tell Miles Turner go spot up in the left corner, yep. so that we can run the screen and roll with the with, with, with Sabonis and get our points. So, I, I think I think there's gonna time there's gonna be a time for reckoning because here's the reality: kids don't stop growing. We're not gonna all of a sudden no longer have seven footers that want to play basketball. There's really no other avenue for you if you wake up tomorrow and you're seven feet tall and want to be an athlete. Well, maybe you can go play volleyball, but there's no allure to playing volleyball that's equivalent to what you're going to get with basketball. Basketball is going to be the go-to sport of a, for a player in that height range. Like once you get to a certain height as an athlete, it's almost dictated to you what sport you need to play. But if you're shooting jump shots, LeBron, you'll be all right. Yeah, if you shoot jump shots, you'll be all right. But if you're seven foot one, three hundred plus pounds. Yeah, you, like a young Shaquille O'Neal was. Oh, you better find, you find, figure a way. Or find a way to dominate. You're, 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 you're going to be a pro, You're going to be a problem in the league if you now. Obviously, Shaquille O'Neal is 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 a living freak of nature. So there's only been one of him. The closest guy to compare to him that anybody who's lived in those errors ever made is is he's Wilt. He's the he's he's the new era Wilt. So. It may not be. It may not be a kid who comes along like him. Shoot, Kendrick Perkins was big like Shaq, but he was goofy. He didn't have anywhere near the dominance explosion, grace, and so there's gonna be kids that come along that'll be big and strong. But it was that it was that upper echelon dexterity that Shaquille O'Neal possesses. Come on, this guy can break dance doing spins. So it goes without saying that like he he just was a rare breed. But if another kid comes along like that in the next ten or fifteen years. I don't think that there's enough happening in the league that they'll be able to do anything with him. They'll wind up probably having to make the paint even smaller just so that three seconds could, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, because I don't think the NBA will be prepared to deal with that. No, of course. Like I said, that that's the, um, they're figuring, they're going to find a way to, I don't know how it's going to play out, but it, it will be interesting to see. I mean, but even look at a guy like Zion, who's been, Who's been on fire last night? He had what thirty-one points against Portland. Career high. He's he's mm-hmm. he doesn't have a position for him. But what they what they do is they don't run any offensive sets for him. They just put him in the mix, and he's a, a great energy person. You know, with his energy and his, he gets everybody else excited. And then, nah, they got some sets for him. I well, think they got coming in playbook of what they one do. One or two post moves, but everything else is. Is really often is rebounding or putbacks or dump downs yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, he's there. He's their first expectation is to immediately go to the post, a la how Devin Booker does. Mm. You know how Devin Booker is always like right in the circle when they go on a fast break and he's not yeah. the ball handler, and he's immediately looking to post up whoever that whoever that trail defender is, 
so that he can get an easy bucket. Zion does the same thing. Um, it's crazy. My son's name's Zion. We're talking about Zion. And then he came to me, and I'm like, mm-hmm. why is Anyway. But the irony of that and me having to catch on to the fact that my son is hearing his name and coming to me is kind of weird. But, um, yeah, I, I, they're running stuff for him. And like you said, there's a lot of freelance that allows him to, you know, find his way to the basketball. Um, I think already the early returns are is that they're going to probably have to move on Jeru Holiday because although he's a great player, he doesn't really fit with that age group that they have going there. And it's better to get something for him while you can, knowing that you can redistribute those minutes. So I think they're, you know, they're content with the core that they got from the Lakers with, um, with, with Josh Hart, Ingram, and Alonzo Ball, who, who's coming along nicely. Like, this has been a great, a great bounce-back season for Alonzo Ball. He's, you know, he, he's been shooting the three well. He's been distributing. He's always been a great defender. He seems to fit in with the culture that they have going on in, in, in New Orleans. His confidence is there. I've even seen him take mid-range jumpers where he, you know, pump fake one dribble advance to just inside the three-point line, just behind the free throw line, and he makes that jumper too. So I think with the amount of hits that other people's usage takes when you have Zion on the floor, that you have to, you have to lessen it. Because if you keep J. Rue, then you're continually holding Ingram back. And Ingram's had a breakout season. So it's almost like adding him lessens one player. And I think that they're going to come to that understanding in the offseason. Because right now it just seems like they're trying to, one, build up Zion so that everybody has an understanding, that he has an understanding of what he can do in this league. Two, possibly push for that last spot in the playoff race. And, and then three, use it, up, use it as an opportunity to see based on who he plays well against and with to decide on what moves you're going to make in the offseason. So New Orleans is in a good place, even if their record doesn't say so right now, because Zion has restored order to what they originally hoped to be doing. I'm just kind of like, not saddened, but it's kind of like, it's kind of messed up. Cause like if old boy was healthy, then them in Memphis would really be dog fighting mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, man. Um, any other games going uh, on? Indiana right looks like they're about to beat Milwaukee. Milwaukee's uh, without the Greek freak. Cause he had a birth of his, uh, I think he had a son. Uh, yeah, congratulations, Greek Freak, on the birthday. So child. he's uh, welcome to the yeah, because it's 50, 52 seconds left, and Indiana's up by 12, one, one, 112 to 100. But Indian, but um, Milwaukee's has definitely made the lead, uh, made it a little closer. Indiana was up by like 16, 17 the whole game, so now it's on they're already up 12, mm-hmm. and uh, Milwaukee's at the free throw line, so they got a chance to cut it to 10. Uh, if they hit these two free throws with, uh, you said there's less than a minute. Yeah, it's 52 seconds. Though? But Milwaukee's now down 11 because they just hit a one, uh, free throw. So All yeah, right, well, Milwaukee, y'all be taking y'all eighth loss yeah. of the season. Yeah, happens. Y'all, y'all without y'all MVP, that's only going to strengthen his MVP cause. The fact that if he's not president, y'all lose to a playoff caliber team, just reinforces how much y'all genuinely need him and. I don't think that's a mystery to anybody who watches mm-hmm. basketball. He he's definitely the most valuable and most necessary player for a team's success in the league. So I think he's a runaway MVP 
at this point right now. I don't even know who you could argue really second there. I, I mean, mean when I, when second I early MVP returns, early MVP returns. They've got James Harden. They probably give a LeBron MVP second or second. No, no, it's it's literally like if I wish I could pull it up so I could show you or tell you where I got it from, but it's literally Giannis, then Harden, then LeBron. Mm. Which I found a little strange, but at the end of the day, you know. That's what the so, oh, so you're said. saying LeBron's so third. Be what it's gonna be. Yeah, LeBron's mm-hmm. third. MVP right okay. Now. As far as as far as like the odds to got be, you. You know the sports writers they don't cast their votes until like the last few weeks of the season, and then it gets reported right before the playoffs start. But yeah, man. Um, Giannis is that dude mm-hmm. right now. Giannis is that dude. But I think I think they're on a crash course to. Really eat some humble pie, courtesy of Nick Nurse. Like I'm calling it early. Like I think Toronto is gonna get back to the finals. Hmm. Somehow, some way. I just they, first off, they're defending champions. So, you know, Rudy Tomjanovich voice. Never underestimate the heart of a champion. Mm-hmm. Definitely sound you smoke cigarettes with that one. <laughs> yeah, but that's no, the Rudy Tomjanovich voice. Said. It's just funny to hear that. For any yeah. viewer that don't know what he sound like. Yeah, but yeah, so somebody pull it up on YouTube and y'all can compare it, do a voice analysis and see if I did a good job. I usually be pretty good with the voice impressions. But, um, yeah, I think that's... I think I think Toronto is my my favorite to win the East right now. Based off of what I'm seeing and what I feel is going on, I think, I think they're going to find a way to come out of the East. And I think it's going to really, really, really affect... Giannis's temperament if they're not able to advance to the finals after the season they have this year. So I would hope for Giannis's sake, things go well, like maybe, because you know, in that superstar progression, all the great players, they go through that. You start to get to the top of the mountain and you take an L as a setback. Mm-hmm. So last year, they didn't make it to the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference Finals. Nope. So this year, if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, that's still technically progress from what they did last year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want more when you feel like you've got the best. When you feel when you act- actually have the best record in the league, but that's that that is the natural progression. It happened to Jordan, losing the first round a few years in a row, then you lose in the second round a couple more years, then you get to the Eastern Conference Finals and you lose, and you come back to the Eastern Conference Finals and you finally knock Detroit off the mountain, and then obviously you stay up there for as long as you and that cast of players can hold it up. I do believe that Milwaukee is playing the best regular season basketball, but I don't see them as the best team. And I don't know what they would need to do to show me otherwise, but I just don't feel like when you go from Giannis to next best player is Chris Middleton, that you have enough in your mix to really push the needle past some of these teams that have two truly great second players, two truly great, you know, players. I think what Toronto's got going is they've got Siakam, who's one of the hardest players to deal with in the league, and then they've got all these other random Africans that Masai just be propping up out of nowhere. Umbutu, go in the game. You're a wild boy. Yeah, you wild. And next thing you know, Toronto's up 12. Like, they got it. They got it. And and I think, I think Nick Nurse is in a lot of coaches' heads already. So... that's a storyline that I definitely want people to tune into. But before we go, we have to discuss what's going on in Philadelphia. 
Mm. So recently, um, your man, Embiid, you take the floor, man. You know what I'm talking about, man. Tell the people what's going on with Embiid in Philadelphia, man. Um, Embiid's upset. Embiid's upset that Ben Simmons still don't want to shoot jumpers. And they criticize him for not being in the paint. And he's like, look, I can't be in the paint with my point guard. Don't shoot the ball. She's too scared to shoot. I never thought when I threw you that bounce pass, you was going to catch it and do that type of a windmill. I knew you had a windmill in you, but that one was special. Let's tell both sides of the coin. Joel Embiid on social media. Go ahead. Tell him about Oh, he one. took the Batman quote. He said, if you live long enough... Uh, what was the quote? If you Don't do uh, that. I'm a, don't, I'm a comics head. Either you die a mm-hmm. hero or you live to see yourself become a villain. This was something that Jimmy Butler once actually tweeted a couple years ago. Gotcha. But then also, Jimmy Butler so, chimed into that and said, I know a place where villains are welcome. And Joel Embiid summarily liked mm-hmm. that response. And then... And then, the next day, Philadelphia played, and... Embiid ate some booze, and every time he scored, he hushed the crowd. And to continue on with what's going on in Philadelphia, Brett Brown has just now figured out that the Philadelphia 76ers, 76ers offensive efficiency spikes when Embiid, Simmons, and Horford isn't on the floor. We are 60 games almost into the season, and you just figured out that maybe during the regular season, you don't have to trot out the team that you're probably going to use in the playoffs? It's crazy. You're just now figuring out, hey, if I stick in a tall guy like Corkmas who can shoot, I might actually have a legitimate NBA offense to run. And then let Horford sub in for Embiid where their efficiency goes down but it's still a plus the only time their efficiency plummets is when all three of those guys are on the floor together with Horford in there as well Mm -hmm. 50 some odd games later Brett Brown your days are numbered brother Yes, you're a good guy I like you I just feel like the pulse of that team, especially based on the Al Horford comments that happened, you know, two weeks ago when we spoke, or maybe it was a week Mm -hmm. ago, and he was, you know, basically saying that they were ghosts in the locker room or, you know, something along those lines. Yeah. So, Philly, I hope now that, you know, Brett Brown has figured out exactly what to do with y'all roster, y'all can go on a better run, maybe even get that road record up closer to 500. That would definitely propel y'all to a better record in the East and a higher seed. I definitely want to see a competitive all-in Philadelphia team in this playoff run because I do think that the Eastern playoffs are going to be, you know, they're going to be just as exciting as what we have going on in the West when you go through those first six teams. So, yeah, man, lock in, y'all. But on that note, we're going to bring episode 58 to a close. As always, we appreciate y'all support. You can leave us a message by you can leave us a message by 
leaving it on any one of the podcasts and platforms where we are hosted. You can also send us an email directly at viewsfromtheclutch at gmail.com. Tag us on social media at Views From The Clutch on Instagram or Facebook. And on that note, I'll say peace.